Module 2, The Ways of the Sherpa, article by Josh Linker. If you set out to climb Mount Everest, one of the first things you do is hire a Sherpa. Originally an ethnic group in Nepal, today a Sherpa is the common term used for the leader of a mountain climbing expedition. Thinking of yourself in the role of a Sherpa will help you become a stronger leader. This is especially true today, where leaders must empower their people, not just command them. As we reflect on the treacherous conditions climbers must endure, it reminds us of Parkview's current global opportunities and the need for courageous and thoughtful leadership. There are five powerful lessons borrowed from these tough as nails yet compassionate expedition leaders on the following pages. The ways of the Sherpa. Number one, your real job is to lead others to the top. Sherpas are successful by helping those around them reach their full potential. The same is 100% true for you as a leader in your own organization. Ironically, the more you make it about others, the more individual success you'll enjoy. Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Number two, detailed planning saves lives. If your Sherpa looked up the mountain and just said, let's go, you'd sprint in the opposite direction. Great leaders carefully plot out each step of their attack to ensure a safe ride. Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Number three, expect and prepare for setbacks. Sherpas routinely deal with unexpected weather, animals, obscured paths, and many other obstacles. Rather than becoming derailed, they build contingency plans and adapt in real time. Do you? Ephesians 5.15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Number four, walk with your team. The role of a Sherpa isn't to lead from afar. Instead, these leaders climb the mountain right alongside their teams. As a result, trust is built and success is achieved. You can't ask your team to jump through fire unless you're willing to do it too. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Number five, become a great listener. To reach the summit, Sherpas must carefully listen on many fronts. They need to truly understand input from their team, the base camp crew, and other hikers. They also need to hear rapidly changing weather reports, advice from other Sherpas, as well as the latest advances in their field. Are you so busy talking that you fail to listen to others? Great leaders listen intensely and speak thoughtfully. James 1.19 Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. The old school ways of barking orders from afar, thinking you have every right answer, shooting from the hip, 
refusing to adapt, and putting yourself first have been rendered totally ineffective in today's fiercely competitive economy. However, if you embrace the ways of the ancient Sherpa, you may just end up reaching that rarefied air sought by many, but enjoyed by few. It's time to reach your own summit by shifting your approach. No ropes or helmet required. Questions to think about. One, what are some examples that you've seen on a go trip when you saw a team do so much more together than what they could have done individually? Number two, tell a story about an event that happened on a go trip where you wish the team had planned better and how that affected future trips. Number three, a wise man once said, be like Gumby, flexible. Give an example from a previous trip where things did not go at all as planned. What adjustments did you have to make and what did you learn from it? Number four, when was a time when you or a team leader had to drop back and help an individual that was struggling physically, emotionally, or spiritually? Don't use names when you share. Number five, when you are on a go trip, who are the different sources of valuable information that you can listen intensely to so you can make wise decisions? Seven keys to pastoring a great go trip. You were chosen to lead your go team for several reasons. At some point on a previous trip, a leader watched you and said to themselves, this person gets it. This person loves people. Other team members follow them. They have a lot to offer other people. Is that intimidating? I kind of hope so. This is a big deal. But we've all been exactly where you are right now. Someone else once stopped us and said, I see in you. Those words challenged us to step into leadership. I love the famous verse from Esther 4.14. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Now is your time. I'm going to take that one step further. I think God has called you to pastor a go team. What is the difference? Read on and discuss each of these points with your group. Seven keys to pastoring a great go trip. One, be a trip mentor. A trip is a great place to develop long-term, life-changing relationships. Look for opportunities to challenge team members to their next level. You are not there to simply make sure everyone is ready when the van arrives in the morning. You are there to lead them spiritually. Look for the person who's struggling emotionally when they see the child in need and encourage them. Look for the person who might be speaking too directly in this other culture and instruct them. And look for the person at the end of an amazing week who is staring longingly across the landscape and ask him what they think God has in store next for their life. Two, know your purpose for the trip. What do you want your team members to look like when they return? How do you want them to be different? Once you have answered this question, work backwards from that goal to where you are now. What kind of experiences do your team members need to have to challenge their outlook on the world, to challenge their view of happiness, to challenge their understanding of what's important in life, 
Do not shy away from putting your team in situations to challenge their current understanding of how God is working in the world. Do you remember when your eyes were first opened in these areas? It changed you for the better. Number three, inspire spiritual growth. A mission trip is a great place for team members to encounter God. People will feel a need for God while on the trip. And this is a great opportunity for you to introduce how God speaks through the spiritual disciplines. Set aside time on the trip for devotions. Pray together as a team. And then pray together some more. There are things that people will see on a go trip where the only proper response is to pray. And that can go either way. They may see God do a miracle on your trip, and you can only stop and pray and thank God. Or they may see unimaginable pain and suffering, and you can only stop and pray and ask God to intervene. When the trip is reaching its conclusion, encourage your team members to continue spending time with God as they return home. Don't miss this opportunity to inspire spiritual growth. Number four, find teachable moments. Teachable moments happen when you mix a team member's experience with the truth of God's word. On mission trips, people will encounter many different experiences and they will be challenged to think in new ways. Look for the moments to help them make applications for changing their lives back home. Pull out your phone and pull, out, pull up a scripture verse that comes to mind in this situation. We have the opportunity to help them connect the dots between real life and God's word. Number five, teaching guardrails. Remember that teaching boundaries is showing love. We all remember that person in our life that challenged us to understand that God didn't set up rules to keep us from having fun. We have rules in our life to keep us safe and on the right track. No, sometimes those conversations are not fun, but they can be life-changing for that member of your team. Six, stay connected to God. You can't impart what you do not have. If your spiritual tank is empty, you can't expect your team members to fill theirs. Acts 20.28 says, So guard yourself and God's people. Pastoring others starts with having something to give. It starts with you having a personal relationship with God. Number seven, never stop having conversations. This is a big one. If you do nothing else, do this. At the end of a particularly hard day, sit the team down and ask what they experienced today. Ask them what they felt today. Ask them th what things amazed them today. Ask them what things hurt them today. You don't need to have the answers. You just need to create a space for people to process what they're experiencing. Out of all the conversations that I have initiated on a mission trip, the very best ones are where I ask the team a question and then I didn't speak again for the next hour. Allow the team to speak to each other and encourage each other. It's a super it is super important that the members of the team realize that everyone is feeling the same things they are. Yes, sometimes you may need to step in and redirect the conversation back on its path, but in general, people will be yearning to share. A mission trip is a shared experience. Make sure you take every opportunity to unpack those experiences. Questions to think about. Number one. When was a time that you saw a team leader display one of those pastoring traits on a trip?
What changed because of it? Number two, which of these skills comes most naturally for you? Which one is the most intimidating?